Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Jesus, if you can heal him, he says, Jesus, if you can, he says, then have compassion on us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And it was at that point that the father starts crying and sobbing. And he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Amen. Have you ever been there in your life where you say, Lord, I believe. Have you ever been there? Show of hands. Lord, I tell the truth. You in church, all right? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. We've all been there. God understands that. He understands and appreciates that. Might I add? Appreciates that. This man is one of the most honest men in all of the Bible. Because he said, Lord, help me to understand. And where I can't understand, help me to trust. And where I can't trust, then help me to overcome my unbelief. One of the most honest men in the Bible. And then Mark 9, 25 goes on to say that Jesus said to the demon, he said at this time, Jesus looked at the demon and he said, death and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Yay. And you know what? I don't hear Jesus screaming those words. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, we all see you. It's like if you, you see people like, you know, when they, you know, you, you see like on TV, you know, when people are like casting out demons and stuff. And I've been in circles like this where they were casting out a demon and, and man, people were yelling and screaming and spitting and yelling, you know, I command you in the name of Jesus, you come out of there and you know, like, grab the guy's head and shake him. I said, come out of there now. And they get to screaming and sweating and running and spitting and carrying on and, you know, the guy, and they throw him on the floor. And it's like, okay, you've cast out the demon, but now you've broken his back. <laughs> Goodness. I mean, I don't hear Jesus screaming. Why? Because Jesus doesn't need to scream. He understands, and saints might not add, you and I should understand that the power is not in our drama. The power is in The word of God. You see, Jesus healed this man by his word or this boy by his word. Jesus always heals folks by his word. And he doesn't have to go yelling and screaming and carrying on. Listen, all all he got to do is speak the word. Remember in the beginning, light be light was let there be light. It was just the word of God. That's all. 
And one time, a t- I had the TV on at home, but I have a fun time when I'm by myself because I'm lonely. And uh, <laughs> I had the TV on. You know, you flip the, I'm watching the guy. He's like, I don't tell you in the name of Jesus. You come out of there. You know, he throwing the guy down. And, you know, I just decided to turn and put the TV on mute. I just want to watch that from mute. Try it sometime. It's very entertaining. I mean, you know, and they're just like, I mean, it's a trip. You ought to try it sometime. Entertain yourself. It's all about the word, saints. Amen. It's just all about the word. Jesus wasn't yelling. And then the Bible goes on to tell us that the demon, get this, again, a very violent, vile demon. The demon tried to put up one last vicious fight. He took his anger out on the boy, threw his body on the ground. The boy went into convulsions, began to foam at the mouth, and the demon left the boy's body. And might I add, Jesus, if you will, happily returned turns the stolen goods, his body, back to his rightful owner. Yeah, man, it's just all in the word. And the disciples see that. And in verse 19, they said, why couldn't we do that? You know, and Jesus says, here's why. Three things, unbelief, lack of prayer, and fasting. Look at verse 20. If you're there with me, say amen. And Jesus, if you're there in verse 20, Matthew 17, verse 20, if you're there, say amen. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move And read this with me, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So Jesus said, because of your unbelief, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will. These verses... I'm trying to see how much time I have here. Very little. Let me just try to summarize. These verses have 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 bought quite a bit, have been used and 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 abused in the church today. Essentially, people will say to you, they'll say, if you believe enough, essentially, and use this verse to support this, if you believe enough, they'll say, you will get what you want. Listen, that's a problem. First of all, that makes man sovereign and God a servant. One word for that, scary, wrong. God is sovereign and man is his servant. Amen, saints? And we got to be careful about this. The word sovereignty simply means that God is boss. God is subject to no one, influenced by no one, and absolutely independent and does whatever he wants. And because God is sovereign, he is not dependent on any man's faith or lack thereof to accomplish any work that he wants to accomplish. Now, yes, the Bible is clear. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible for you to please God. Romans chapter 1, verse 17, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, Habakkuk 2, 4, all tell us the just shall live by what, saints? Faith. So it's impossible to please the Lord without faith because faith is the key to unlock the power and the victory in the Christian life. 
And so Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. Now, you should note something here. Jesus isn't talking about great faith. Jesus isn't talking about the quantity of your faith, but the quality of your faith. Jesus is not saying you have to have great faith. We just read it or just talked about it. The man, he didn't have great faith for his son. Remember, he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He didn't have great faith. So Jesus isn't saying that we need to have great faith. Jesus is saying your faith needs to be growing and living like a mustard seed. And it doesn't matter if it's big or small. And with this faith, you can move mountains from here to there. Is Jesus talking about changing the landscaping? No. He's talking about mountain moving faith that you can do what is humanly impossible with men, but possible with God. And the object of your faith must be God. You see, the problem in the church today is that the object of our faith is our faith. I'll say that again in case you were asleep. The the object, the problem in the church today is that the object of our faith is our faith. People are putting their faith in faith. The object of our faith needs to be in Jesus. Nothing is impossible with God. The object of your faith cannot be your faith. It needs to be in Jesus. Huge misunderstanding. Weird teaching in the church today as it relates to faith. You know, I was telling some People, oh, first and second service today that, uh, you know, I'll never forget this, this faith teacher, they call themselves, which is a problem in itself. We need to be teaching Jesus and teaching the word and not teaching faith. Amen, saints. But these faith teachers and one lady she was talking about, she says, whatever you need, she says, you need to, you know, speak to your situation, whatever you need by faith, you need to start creating whatever you need. And so she said, if you need money, she said, you need to speak to your billfold and say, you big fat billfold, you full of money. I see you full of money. And she said, if you need money and, you know, she said, you speak to your checkbook and you say, you checkbook, you, you have never been so prosperous since I owned you. You're all jammed full of money. I said, this is ridiculous. And this is what people teach. You know, listen, if some of these faith teachers want to send me some money, I'll be happy to speak to my billfold. Oh, I'll be happy to speak to my all they want. You see, faith. The Bible talks about faith. We have to please God with our faith and our faith must be in God. Everybody has faith. You know, there was one guy who told me, he says, Pastor Ronnie, he says, I don't have faith. I don't have any faith. I said, yes, you do. You exercise faith every day. You just don't know it. We all have faith. I mean, think about it. You go to the doctor. The doctor writes you a script and you take the script to, you know, the pharmacist and, you know, you read, you try to read the script, but it's, it's in an unknown language. And so you, you, you take it to the pharmacist. You don't know what's written down. You take it to the pharmacist and the pharmacist has the gift of interpretation. So he reads the script and fills it out. You know, you take the script home and you take the meds. Well, that's faith. I mean, think about it. You don't know. Remember, it was written in an unknown language. 
So, you know, all doctors have, you know, bad handwriting. We all know that. Of course, two doctors almost punched me in the first and second service when I said that. But, but, but you don't know what it was. It could have been a script written for cyanide. They gave you cyanide. You went home. Oh, I'm going to take my meds and be healed. You don't know. You're going to die. That's faith. Hey, it takes faith to eat at Golden Corral. Amen, saints. Oh, you know that's right. All right, you got to go around a buffet and lay hands on the chicken. You know what I mean? I, come out of there. You know what I mean? Take a big old breast, go on back to your table, eat it in faith. You know what I'm saying. It takes faith. We all exercise faith. It takes faith to fly on an airplane. I mean, when you get on an airplane, especially nowadays, okay, I was on an airplane one time. I thought a bolt flew out of something. Boy, it freaked me out. Almost. I was like, nah, we're going to die. We're going to die. Well, when you get on an airplane, I mean, you don't, go, you don't go check all the parts, do you? All the mechanical parts. Do you go up to the pilot and ask him for a medical history? Do you go up to the pilot and say, you know what? I'd like to give you a drug test here, please. Would you mind? No, you don't do that. You get on the plane and you ride in faith. I remember some years ago when they used to do this. They don't do it anymore. But I remember some years ago when we got up to about 35,000 feet or whatever, and the, the, the pilot came walking back. The pilot came walking back in the coach section. And I looked up. Uh, excuse me. Um, who's flying the plane? It's faith. You know, I heard this story about this guy who got up, who got on a plane and he didn't see any flight attendants. He didn't see and no one on the plane. So, you know, he just sat down and the door shut. The plane took off. The plane leveled at about 33,000 feet. And over the loudspeaker, a voice came on and said, congratulations, you are the first to fly a fully automated flight. But don't worry, nothing can go wrong. Go wrong. Go wrong. Go wrong. Faith. Like, go wrong. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. You want to read a great chapter on faith? Hebrews chapter 11, commonly known as the hall of faith, men and women of faith. Abel, the Bible says, offered a better sacrifice than his brother Cain in faith. Enoch who was translated because he walked with God in faith. Noah, God said, Noah, I want you to build a boat because it's going to rain. What's rain? I've never seen rain before. No one had. God said, water will fall out of the sky. And Noah built the boat in faith. And in faith, he saved him and his family. Abraham was called by God and moved by faith. And by faith, he looked to a city whose builder and maker was God. Abraham offered up Isaac by faith. And God blessed him. Moses, by faith, turned his back on Egypt and he endured a hard life by faith. Rahab, you know the story, received the spies into her home and sent the messengers another way, all by faith. And then Hebrews goes on to say, and what shall we say? The time would fail us to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets who did mighty deeds and great exploits by faith. By faith, nothing is impossible with just a little teeny weeny bit of faith. Not a big faith, but just a little faith. Nothing 
is impossible to you. Now, you do need to understand something. This subject, this is subject to the purpose and the plan and the will of the Father. Saints, listen, church, stop the insanity. We cannot expect God to do something that is contrary to his will. Amen, saints? You can't. You can't expect God. And the problem is, is people are believing God promised to do something that he has not promised to do in his word. And so they are naming and claiming and loosing and binding and speaking. And then what happens is when that doesn't happen, then they are disillusioned and disappointed all because it wasn't God's will nor spoken in God's word in the first place. And then some wonderful, loving, merciful saint comes by and says, well, you know, you just didn't have enough faith. Because if you would have had faith, you would have been able to say to this mountain, be thou removed and it would be moved. You see, and I say that and I point this out because I know people who today will not darken the doors of the church because they have been disillusioned and disappointed because of a lack of faith or a lack of God coming through for them. It doesn't work when, in fact, God never promised you a pink polka dotted Cadillac in the first place. If you understand, say amen. And it's horrible. And it makes the ministry tough. Because as a pastor, I'm like, wait, 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 time out. God never said that in the beginning, sweetie. God didn't promise you that, bro. God says this. That's what you're saying. But what does the word say? And people are devastated by this whole topic of faith. In your faith or lack thereof, and you better have faith and believe God. Listen, whatever God promised in his word, can I tell you, that he will do. Oh, you can count on that. You can count on that. What God says in his word, he'll do it. But what God does not promise in his word, he is by under no obligation to do it. And because he is God, and because he does love you, and because he does have a plan and a purpose for your life, he will do what he says he will do. But you need to have just a little bit of faith to believe that he can do it. Amen, saints? And Jesus was like upset. He was grieving. He was grieving because they didn't believe. And then not only was he grieving because they didn't believe, but they couldn't cast the demon out because they lacked prayer and fasting. Now, let me just encourage you, if you want further teaching, an in-depth study on the topic of prayer or the topic of fasting, then you could pick up the CD, Matthew chapter 6, as well as for uh, on prayer, and then in Isaiah chapter 58 on the topic of fasting. We've done two teachings there, and I think that you'd be blessed if you would uh, be interested more on the subject of prayer and fasting. But but Jesus says in, in our text here, he says the reason you couldn't cast the demon out was because you lacked prayer and you lacked fasting. Now understand something here. Prayer attaches us to God. Fasting detaches us from the world. That's the point. Well, I guess you'll need to buy the CDs now because they are, that's the point of both of them. Prayer attaches us to God. Fasting detaches us from the world. So when you give up that burger for the day, you spend that time praying about specific needs. 
And don't misunderstand Jesus when he said that they didn't pray and they didn't fast. Don't misunderstand. I'm certain that they prayed. I'm certain when the lunatic came up, that of course, they, they said, hey, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. I'm sure they prayed. But what Jesus is talking about is a lifetime of prayer and fasting. Jesus isn't talking about a prayer meeting or Jesus isn't even talking about the fact that you didn't lay hands on them and you didn't pray. That's not the point here. He's saying that there there is a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Jesus is talking about a life. Jesus was teaching them that the faith which brings power is a faith that prays. And so maybe the disciples said, well, look, Jesus, we got up today. We did not know that we were going to run into a lunatic today. And so we weren't really prepared for this today. And Jesus would say, my point exactly, you weren't prepared for this today. You see, you don't know what the day holds. You don't know what God wants to do in your life. You don't know how God wants to use you. You don't know if a lunatic is going to come up on you today. And therefore, in the morning, that's why you got to take time to pray. And that's why you got to put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness. Have your loins girded about with truth and your feet prepared with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And don't forget too, Paul says, Pray with all prayer and supplication. See, prayer is a part of the armor of God also, but you got to be prepared. So when they say, Jesus, we weren't prepared, we didn't know. Jesus is my point exactly. You don't have a lifestyle of prayer. You don't have a lifestyle of fasting. What's fasting? Does it mean you had to fast a day, fast two days, whatever? No, it doesn't mean that. Fasting just simply means give up something that you really hold treasure today, like food particularly, which... For many of us, that'd be very difficult but because of all food. But it simply means to just, hey, maybe a meal. Maybe you like to have breakfast and you really love breakfast. And you say, you know what? I'm going to give up breakfast today for the Lord. And for the next four hours until lunch, I'm just going to take this time to pray and to detach myself from the things of the world. Give up that meal and attach myself in prayer to the Lord just for these four hours. And hey, maybe the Lord will lead you longer. But Jesus says, you guys in a lifestyle of prayer and you need to be ready. And that's why so many Christians fail and so many Christians don't make it because they don't realize that Satan now, even at this very moment, is sitting in the boardroom of hell, strategizing at the right time how he might invade the lives of men and women and children, 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 children. Have you noticed children today? The MTV culture and the evil that is going on among our children. I hear more talk of teen suicide today than I ever have in the past. I hear more talk about teen depression than I ever have in the past. Children, demons are seeking to possess our children. And that's why we need to be ready because you never know when the Lord's going to call you to minister. Pray for your children. You know, I got to say, I remember when my um, when I'm going to embarrass my mom here, but um, I remember when she first became a Christian, I was a teenager. And uh, when she first became a Christian and I remember when I used to sleep in my room, I was not a Christian and I was sleeping in my room. And I remember times when you would come in and just pray I, I you would just pray over me and just kind of lay hands and, you know, 
pray over me, and I used to act like I was asleep because I didn't, you know, I thought she was like weird. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I never told you I did. And uh, so <laughs> it's like, y'all protect me after service, all right? <laughs> and uh, but but I thought that you know. I, I, did, I didn't understand because I wasn't a Christian. She was a Christian. And she would just come quietly in my room and just pray. And you know what? As I grew older, I found myself doing the same thing. Just walk in my kid's room and just, you, you know what I mean? You guys know what I'm talking about? And uh, just say, hey, Lord, bless them, touch them. God, only you can do it. And Lord, if you do it, Father, we will give you the glory for it. Lord, touch our kids and Lord, touch us that we might pray for our kids and and lay hands on our kids and bring them to you. Father, that you might touch them, that you might bless them. And Lord, I pray that this word about mountain moving faith, Father, would just continue to well up in us and have us to understand that our faith must be in you. You must be the object of our faith. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.